Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. All right, welcome back to another week of Dirt to Dollars. How are y'all? I think we're all feeling better this week. I think, I think so, so. Too. We sound better. Think, yeah. yeah. Can we just um, go ahead and apologize for last week? Yeah, we shouldn't I, have done it that like we had to record when people were asleep. And I think we were all just ready to and go we were to bed all that sick night and hopped up on cold medicine. And <laughs> we were just kind of wrapping like it that up. was really supposed to be something special. And uh, I slept good that night. I took some cough medicine. <laughs> and I, did. I slept like a baby. I felt really good after that hundredth episode because well, I was just done for. It sounded um, like a hundred episodes had been hard on us. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> but I think now we're on episode one hundred and one, so we're on the starting to turn a new leaf. A new leaf. Um, like, and, and you know what? Backside, almost, instead of backside of thirty, backside of one hundred. Yeah. yeah, that can be that can be our song this week. We'll see. John Conley. Yeah, we'll see if he's got that. I so, bet I've heard it before. You well, then you were on it because he didn't have Rascal Flats. Ah, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Who would? I think why would offended. you ever? I think Kale Flats. got offended when I asked. I would him about have Rascal too. Flats. <laughs> I told him I was like it was purely a joke, and he didn't. I guess he didn't think it was funny. He didn't think know. it was funny. No. So no more Rascal Flat requests. But, most people don't think your jokes are funny anyway. I know, I know, and I and I have grown to accept that. Um, speak since we've since we've turned over this new leaf and we're on episode 101. I thought about changing the name of our show. Uh oh. Okay. Mud to dollars. <laughs> that would be appropriate. Yeah. Right How now much rain be. did we get in our areas? Because it kind of quit a counting at five flood. inches. I was going to say, I know it was at least four on our mezzanet here in Litchfield, but I, it's rained since then. So I haven't checked it today. I've been very disappointed in Monday morning. Why is that? This is a couple rains in a row where what that Mesonette site measures in Larue County, at least, hasn't been very reflective of what I I believe the county got. And I get a little worried about that because I'm not sure how, you know, what they use some of that info for or how it gets used. They use it for a lot of stuff. I, I think they do, but yeah, I have not talked to a single person that had a gauge out they got three and a half inches of rain, but mm-hmm. that thing showed three and a half inches. Mm-hmm. And did I've you heard catch, of, but what's the cutoff? When does it quit measuring? Uh, this was cumulative throughout the, throughout the day or throughout that rain event um, that we had, which I guess probably spanned over 20, a little over 24 hours, yeah. but um, three point as hard four. as some of those rains came. Well, and I, somebody mentioned that it may not be good at catching some of that wind driven rain, but mm-hmm. still, it should if it's an official, yeah. um, yeah. official deal like that. <laughs> or maybe everybody's rain gauges aren't good at catching that wind driven rain. Um, I'd say a lot of people have extension rain gauges after we've given everything out, so I don't know what's that say. <clears throat> But what but I thought now, was looking, I'm going to take this back a little bit. We got 3.53 on the sixth Sunday, which was, you know, a big mm-hmm. part of the rain. But then we got yeah. another inch that next Boom. day. Okay. Um, it's exactly as I suspected. But still, that's three four and a half. Data. And I've been hearing five and a half to six inches of rain. So it's still not, yeah. I don't think it's exactly right, but I guess it's close. Yeah. 
It, it doesn't matter when you get that much. Like it's just no. Yeah, I was gonna say much. at that point What's it's just water under and the bridge, if you will, <laughs> or over the bridge, because <laughs> it was like that in Larue County and a lot of different yeah. places. Well, and you know, it's funny you say that because we're talking about all the rain we're getting, and I don't know. I, I, we were talking about it, and Chad Lee had put a thing up on Twitter the other day about how most of the us is actually in a drought phase and it's just it's hard for me to see that knowing of course we're kind of in that area that's not but we should spread the wealth a little bit looks like don't spread it too much no just a little well but if if we're going to be in a position to i mean at least we're in the area that's getting the yeah absolutely um and i think i saw was it noah or somebody put out their long-term outlook through the summer Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe it showed us having uh, above average moisture and kind of was the cutoff kind of Illinois, Indiana, Western Kentucky. There was a little U down mm-hmm. into us. Yeah. Uh, and everything to the West was showing, or once you got further West, it showed below average. Uh-huh. Well, I also saw, saw one of those forecasts. It wasn't a very <clears throat> long range when it was sort of a, you know, just a little longer than your typical forecast type of thing and showing that March was going to be um, warmer than normal and drier than normal. And then it's like the very next that, day. That's an average. <laughs> it is. Think about last and, week and, it, and we don't, and it's supposed to warm back up next week. It is, but still, it's just like you see that. And then it's like snow, <laughs> teens and teens, five inches zero. of rain. Just like on the very next day. Um, <laughs> like, all right, Mother Nature, so get it together. <laughs> we, and we've mentioned that before, but take those with the, with a grain of salt, they do show trends. And like, I guess maybe if you were a betting person, you'd probably bet on that happening, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's um, one, now, one of the things. I don't know that anybody was, anything was forecasting five inches of rain. For no, but then weekend, what was it two, was it two weeks ago when we were being forecasted that we were going to yeah. get five inches of rain and, and got we like got nothing, maybe an, an inch, inch and a half. Yeah. So, and, uh, and I didn't yeah. think it was, I didn't think it was supposed to rain much Tuesday night and it's, I mean, things were starting to dry out Monday and it's muddy again. I had snow on the ground this morning. I didn't tell you. Had, I saw some snow flurries, but nothing on the ground. I was now, checking, we're recording on Wednesday, but yeah, yeah I was checking lambs this morning and had my headlamp on and it was, there was a lot of snow flying around. Big, big snowflakes too. They stuck to the roof, but that's about it. They weren't sticking yeah. to much else in my place. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But tomorrow, Thursday is supposed to be nice, and then it is supposed to drop out. Bottom. Drop yeah. Well, out. what was uh, I noticed one day is it may be Friday, a high of sixty and a low of mm-hmm. nineteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's everybody start taking your allergy medicine again. <laughs> uh, Episode hundred and two might be a little right. rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Goodness gracious! <clears throat> I'm just glad. I, don't I think what day was it like that? It. Was it Friday that it was? sunny and kind of warm in the morning and then it just mm-hmm. the winds came in and it just i mean the temperature just plummeted mm-hmm. throughout the day mm-hmm. and it really is a really just a beautiful day yeah. <laughs> those are the ones that are rough because you leave the house and it's 65 degrees yeah. out and you don't put all that much clothes on and then you go out at lunch and you freeze uh-huh. yep so something else has been bouncing around high to low this week have y'all watched any of the grain markets How i haven't been watching limit, them up, limit down expanded limit up they made special expanded limits in a few markets Goodness midweek gracious. where has wheat ended up at this like where is it at now uh well 
10. Did it hit 10? I can look now, but it's going to change again. Yeah. I just. So futures right now are sitting at 11.10, but we're down the the special expanded limit of 85 cents. Mm -hmm. So early week coming off the weekend, I think we hit 12.50 or 60. I was thinking that I see 13. I don't don't think we never got 13. That's crazy. Uh, But it doesn't matter a whole lot locally because all the local elevators that buy wheat most of them took their bases to like $2 under. So mm-hmm. they've been pretty much holding their bases to try and keep wheat in about that $10 to ten fifty range. Mm-hmm. And they won't let it go any higher. And then some of the reasoning behind this is because we get a lot of wheat from Russia and Ukraine, right? Right. right. And then I saw an article somewhere about China. Maybe their wheat crop isn't great. I've saw that too. And, and the western plains where we grow a lot of our wheat it's dry. is dry with that drought that we just talked about yeah so don't know uh, we can is, expect uh, some but is, i did is bread gonna be the new toilet paper i was gonna say <laughs> they need to be yeah i don't want to think about bread being toilet paper I, that was bad <laughs> but you're right i think that you are i, I think that we are going to have to expect to see some of these prices at our when they leave the gate a little higher, you know, so for consumers and we're so, going to have to be able to understand that and tell people. Before we leave wheat, mm-hmm. there was a chart floating around uh, showing the trade range. And we talked about how volatile the trade range has been in all mm-hmm. commodities, but wheat's been especially, especially volatile this week. Uh, this was a tweet from Karen Braun. She's a market analyst that I think works for DTN. She's on Twitter quite a bit. Uh her explanation of this chart, the daily range and the most active CBOT wheat features on Tuesday, a dollar ninety nine and a half per bushel. That was the daily range on Tuesday was a dollar ninety nine and a half a bushel. The amount from the high to the low of that day is larger than the contract's annual range in every year from 2015 through 2020. Wheat traded within a range of only two dollar two oh six and a quarter in the entire four years from 2016 to 2019. And it traded almost that in a day on Tuesday. The 2022 range so far has been six dollars and twenty-eight cents. I know a lot of people at wheat planting time that were happy contracting $7 wheat. And I would like to know if they're still happy today. I remember when people the <laughs> other day were, or, well, I mean, it's been a couple of years back, but I mean, people were happy to get $5 yeah, wheat, yeah. you know? So I just, mm, man. So the markets have been very volatile and wild swing. So it's basically the markets are Kentucky weather, right? Basically. Right. But yeah. So if you don't like it today, just wait till tomorrow. That's true. You might really like it. You might really hate it. <laughs> Another uh, interesting commodity that we can talk about that's had some wild swings. And Daniel, I know you follow a lot of these outside markets, so you may have seen this as well. Uh, price of nickel. So does that mean I've got this change container? It's got a bunch your of nickels. nickels may, your nickels may be worth more. Are now. they worth more than five cents? 
reached a record of a hundred thousand dollars a ton. But why? What what because it- everybody's just throwing money at stuff other than currency because they don't know. Okay, because I thought, is there a reason? Is that being precious used for something? Isn't that right, Daniel? Precious metals usually, when people are scared, they go to precious metals because they hold. Well, that's probably a good broad way of thinking about it. I think most time we think gold, or, yeah, you know, right. something like that. Like, uh, but yeah, when when stuff gets uncertain and crazy, I think people fall back on commodities, and I think that commodity is particularly important for a lot of your um, batteries. Well, your things that are more reliant on electricity, and that's kind yeah. of what stuff energy is, type. Okay, you know, mark yeah. that stuff starting to favor those type of things. And I'm not sure, but I wonder if some of that stuff comes out of Russia, Making Ukraine, because they do Maybe. a lot of mineral. They have a lot of mineral mining. rights over there. I think yeah. I have heard mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's supposed to be the highest on record uh, in the 145 year of the one. In the 145-year history of the London Metal Exchange, hmm. uh, they that actually kind of sounds it, like a rock band. Yeah, the London, the London Metal, Metal Exchange. Exchange. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> they uh, also heard that it got so crazy that they shut that contract down. Like you couldn't. Mm-hmm. You by the end of the day, they shut it down. You couldn't trade it anymore. Wow! Because they were afraid of how volatile it was going to get. And then. Speaking of people putting their money elsewhere, I think there was an executive order signed today regulating cryptocurrency um, and and doing a push for that. So that's another kind yeah, of thing that. that probably has people may have been looking to put some money towards uh, with uncertainties. And now there's uncertainties with that. So mm-hmm. like, what are they going to do and how are they going to control say, it? So that'd be, there's been a lot of money sunk into that, it seems like. Ain't no sure thing. Nope. Which all of that stuff kind of confuses me anyway. I mean, crypto, I understand a little more, but then there's that like NFT and all of that. So there's a lot of things that are virtual that I don't know. I wouldn't really even know the first thing about. So So, back on the nickel thing real quick before we leave it. You know what? We talked about nickel being used in a lot of electric stuff. Something that's crucial to Hardin County here in the next few years. Yeah. Nickel is a big component in electric car batteries. You know, yeah, I thought about that. And I also heard a stat this week that currently, with what nickel prices are, if you equate, if you adjust the price of the battery going into an electric car and compare that to the current price of electric cars, it's cheaper to replace the vehicle than it is to replace the battery right now. Hmm. Seems sustainable, right? Yeah. Um, lithium is also another thing that's in a lot of these batteries, and I believe there's quite a bit of that also that's mined in Russia and Ukraine, and that'd be something else to keep an eye on on what some of that supply does and what happens. So we're worried about Russian oil that's, what have I heard, 7% of our oil supply I heard comes three. from Russia? I've I've heard one. I mean, I don't. Know. How do we even know if any of the stuff we hear is real? I don't uh, know. But it's got the way. fuel markets shaking shaking up this week too. So I don't know if any any of you have filled your gas tanks up. I noticed diesel this morning at one of the truck stops was five fifteen a gallon. So, I had a had somebody 
text me and say there was a station in E-Town was like 528, I think. A diesel? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, if that's gas, then <clears throat> I think I paid three ninety nine. So I've been lucky so far. I haven't had to pay $4 yet. Still. I think they said the prices this year, a year ago today were like $2 and like 80 cents or something, I think. Gas is though, it's, I think we got to think of yeah. it like we have to think of fertilizer because we're, sure. I think we're getting stuck in some ruts where we compare last year to this year mm-hmm. and we probably shouldn't. Would you right, all agree with that? Was I would cheap. agree it, because we're, fertilizer we're comparing was a record low to a record high. Yes. But and, and I think if $5 it, diesel fuel is too high, well, the reason early, huh? Yeah. Well, the reason I say this, somebody posted something on Facebook and talked about, um, you know, seeing people is a farmer and he see people, you know, he's seeing people share pictures of how much the fuel costs, but then he said, well, that's the equivalent of what farmers are paying for fertilizer. Then it would be the average American paying $17 per gallon of gas. But it, I don't, I saw that too. And I can't, how does that equate? Out. I mean, I agree. Maybe I mean you could make some comparisons and use some numbers, but that would mean that, like, mm-hmm. that that would be taking fertilizer. We don't want to go too deep in this because it was just a, a picture we talked about on Facebook. But maybe like seven or eight dollar gas because yeah, he's he's multiplying like four hundred percent to what gas is now, not to what yeah. it was. And fertilized prices have ago. not went up, but fertilized prices have not went up. 400 percent either no but i think and you're right it's either well, they, doesn't did, add up. did they since last year no not they went 200 percent 200 is more like it but still i think that i think they're trying to get the point across that it it's still quite a bit and still input costs are going to increase and the over you know, the grand scheme of things, everything's going up from farm gate to farm plate. So yeah. I, mean, we're- I guess the, the the thing that hit me about that was that I, I don't think we need to be making that comparison. And you all right. tell me if I'm wrong, but we don't need to be saying, hey, regular Joe, I know you're having to pay more for gas, but I'm having to pay more for this. But sure. We're all having to pay more for everything. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's and that's really the real important thing. And mm-hmm. um, I just that, that I just read that and I was like, that just doesn't. And I saw some people share it and that's fine, but it just didn't seem to me like it was a very good way of comparing what's going on in the fertilizer market to what the regular customer of ours is dealing with. I mean, when you right. think about it, we're farmers, you know, the mm-hmm. people paying these prices for gas are our customers mm-hmm. and they're going to end up having to pay more for our products. So, mm-hmm. well, and you know, so you're telling me you don't read, <laughs> you don't believe everything you read on Facebook, Daniel, come on. No, well, I mean, it's just, you no, got to look at it and be critical. <laughs> you do. Of it. Exactly. You have to be critical. You have to think critically about it and understand that it's not everything you, not everything is 100% accurate. So yes, but I do agree. We're going to have to buckle down a little bit. So speaking of buckle down, something we haven't really directly talked about a whole lot this year is cost of production mm-hmm. and it's the time, especially with things changing as much as they are right now, you better know it and not just talking about grain. I mean, I know we've texted some back and forth this week about, I've just put some fertilized prices into some hay budgets and knowing what hay cost. Uh, 
it's going to blow some people's minds this year. Some people, it may not be as high as they would think without putting the really putting the pencil to it. But and and speaking and on along that line, should we be concerned or not concerned? I shouldn't say that. We need to be a little proactive of in considering what type of hay crop we're going to maybe have going into the fall because of these fertilizer prices. Because I mean, there will be some people choose not to fertilize just due to price. I, from some stuff I've heard this week, there'll be some people that won't have the choice not to fertilize. Uh, I we're to mm-hmm. the point now that you know everybody was scared of this back in the winter, and I think that was kind of falsely advertised because mm-hmm. I don't think we were to the point in the winter that this could have happened, but the Russia deal has put stuff over the edge enough that uh, there's going to, we're to the point that there's people have to do without. Mm-hmm. And also I think what some, a lot of that though was, was especially maybe early in the season, but maybe some more supply available as we get into the summer. Yeah. So there could be some opportunities. But are you going to be able to afford it? Right, right, right. That and that's the big question. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, you can't afford it if you can't buy it. But I, I have a hard time, man. I think me and you have talked about this some, but pasture fields. I don't you know. I, do I, I'm having a really hard time recommending anybody apply fertilizer to a pasture field. If mm-hmm. you think you need fertilizer on your pasture, you better just figure out what you can, how many cows you need to make it work, and sell some cows. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, I talked with a, a college friend of mine that runs a stockyard in the state yesterday. And we talked about that and the cattle price deal just has not kept up with everything else. And it's, yeah. it's going to get bad. Mm-hmm. And I know there's some people that don't want to think about it that way, but I, I had, I had somebody this week that was, you know, had a pasture and it needed to make sure that pasture fed this many head and I, and really needed to get everything out of it. They could, and wanted to, just hit it with as much fertilizer as they, as they could afford. And, but they didn't want to cut back on their herd, Annie. And I was just like, I just don't thank you. No, you know, you really need to think about no sense in <laughs> how much fertilizer. that's going to cost yeah. versus what you're going to get from it. Cause it's just not. And if they're eating it into bare grounds, sense. there's no point in fertilizing it anyway. You know? Yeah. It's that's a, I, on that, on the agent perspective, I, you know, that is one thing that can, concerns me, I guess a little bit is the fact of what are we going to be looking at when it comes down to the fall and, you know, making some of these decisions later on do I was reading something about how they're expecting the cow herd to decline because of this, you know, so that's going to affect some things down the road too. But, you know, just here in my local area, I do have really good producers, but when, when times are strapped, you know, you do have to figure out what, what, what cost you can get away with. And I'm just to have a feeling we're going to be feeding cows, not very good quality. hay in the wall in the fall, but that's just me. Well, and I'm not as worried about the qualities. I am the quantity. And sure. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'm just not going to fertilize and I'll cut and take what I get and I'll go mm-hmm. out and buy the rest but, to make up for it. But if there's not, Hey there, how are you going? Yeah. How are you going right? to buy it? And what is the cost of that? Hey, going to be, I mean, Going back to your original point, if they did do any sort of fertilize, yeah. Or even think about the fuel that you're going to have to put in the tractor to run the implement to do it. You're going to have increased costs either way. And so it's. There's a lot of things that you really, that you may normally do and be in a habit of doing. You just need to think about. Reevaluate. Dragging pastures, you know, is that. 
that how much does that mean? How much does that value if it spit if it costs twice as much to do it as it did last year? Mm-hmm. Um, what's that providing for? But you? if you're spreading fertility right now, are you? Has, has have they ever proven that it really breaks down manure faster? I think maybe we've talked about uh, this before. We've talked about it. I think we talked about it last year. But. Yeah, it's just one of those things that people get in the habit of doing all the time. But is it really? They need to. Worth they need to money. think about. Think about that. Um, yeah. We and we've talked about this before about bell grazing. We had a really good presentation just this this last week with uh, Greg Halich. I think he's done some presentations in uh, other counties too around here, but um, made some good points. Not necessarily saying everybody's got to do that, but there's some different ways of thinking about stuff to to spread nutrients around. And could that be a silver lining that can come out of this this type of I don't know this type of situation where you have high input costs and high fuel costs. And we start to think Hard about times will force you to be a good manager. Well, and we start to think about how can we get the most out of this without having to spend any money. And that's when, I think that's when you really can see some new practices that may even be environment, you know, environmentally friendly and, and, you know, beneficial for our uh, organic matter levels and uh, less reliant on inputs. Is that a bad thing? It may take a little more work, a little more management, but maybe we can make a little more money, be a little mm-hmm. better stewards. I think sometimes we got to think about that, that there may be a, a bright side to some of this, even though right now it just seems real expensive. Well, and you think about too, some of the things that are, you may, I'm always a proponent of use what tools you have and, you know, not everything is going to work perfect for you, but you might utilize something one year and you may not have to use it the next. And so, uh, I know you had mentioned that one of the specialists that you had was mentioning some different types of forages to maybe use to help, you know, if you're doing any sort of bale grazing or if you have heavy use area in order to get more out of that, get more production out of that, you know, and I think those are things that you can look at because, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about it long-term, you got to have production in order to make it work. So there were some tough times back in 1883. Are y'all going to make me watch that? Have y'all watched that? No, I watched not the first yet. two episodes because oh, that's and then you all had to that pay for free. It. And I ain't paying, I'm not paying for Tim McGraw's kids Christmas to watch a TV show. Well, and see, here's, okay, can I, my opinion of that is I have a hard time watching the two of them because they're not my favorite, like, singers anyway. And I'm sure they're wonderful actors. I just cannot get behind. I don't know. I just can't get into it. Here's, here's my thing. I didn't realize they had facelifts back in 1883. For real. <laughs> Do you know that was a, because if you look, I'm sorry, Faith Hill, but if you look at her, her yeah. face is all like pristine, but you look at her neck <laughs> and that where you like, if you want to go see if somebody's had work done, you look at their neck because the neck, the neck don't lie. Right. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I don't know who's had more, her or Tim. I, I don't know. Tim's I would say Tim probably. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell much, but I bet he's, he's, uh, they may have uh, and is the beard joint real? facelift services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing about 1883, one of my other favorite shows um, that I've ever watched, or I guess my favorite shows ever is, is Hell on Wheels. And, uh, yes. and, and watching 1883 and I'm like, man, it seems like, you know, back in the, uh, Back back then, like, why would you be riding on like the Ozark Trail when you could have just got on the train? Couldn't afford it. I don't know. I, I 
I wouldn't want to. They were paying that time. some good money to get to have you know somebody. Plus, how would you get them. your cows there? Yeah, but they wouldn't. They had the cows with them to keep them fed on the way, because that was their food. But they source. were taking, but they were taking the cows out there to start right, range. and they had start up. Yeah, you're right. That was you're the right. beginnings of the Yellowstone, Daniel. Is that what it is? That's what other yes. thing I didn't know how it tied into the show. I hope that's not a yes. spoiler. He's a Dutton. Yeah, his last name is Dutton. Mm-hmm. That's the hmm. original. Yeah, that's yes. the original ones. You have you even watched the show? Paying. No, and I, I even asked my wife, I was like, how does this tie into Yellowstone? I didn't know that they it's ever just, said, well, they, had, they never okay. call him that. They had flashbacks. Yes. They had flashbacks on the last season of Yellowstone. Know, but, but that's And not, at the yeah. beginning, their the flashbacks ones that I watched, that they called him mm-hmm. a Dutton. They called him by his last name. Huh, well, I guess I just wasn't paying much attention. Tim McGraw is like John Dutton's great-grandpa or something. Yeah, I don't know. I... I'm sure I'll eventually watch it. I just haven't been able to get past Tim and Faith. Sorry. Well, I just know, you know, Hell on Wheels was set like 1860 to 1870. And I was like, what's well, 1883? The train's done. Get on yeah. the train and go. <laughs> because Very good all show. that is historically accurate, too. Oh, I know. But it's still, it's just <laughs> the idea that um, it just, it was on my mind. Yeah. <clears throat> Hell on Wheels is another one I could talk a lot about. I like that show too. Yeah. I keep saying I want to start it over again one of these days. Oh. Beat some of the other stuff that's on TV right now. Other than sports. We've talked a little bit about input costs. And one thing that I really wouldn't, I'm kind of glad I'm not doing this year is doing a new stand of, of grass um, or forage of any type. Cause it's going to be, pretty pricey if, any, if, you, if anybody's priced grass seed and, and also you know you got to have good fertility there if you had to do much work to get that going it uh may be pretty uh, maybe a shock this year compared to what it's been in previous years so i had an idea for a segment we talked to talk about um is this replacing daniel's rant of the week or? yeah i don't have any rants this week or okay. i did my rants he's, off air he's in a good mood so we're gonna do the grass of the week man <laughs> segment and uh and we'll talk about our forage grasses forage (laughs) grass of the week dude yeah (laughs) so our grass of the week uh we're going to talk about orchard grass this week um probably would you say where would this be like if you were to rank grasses in kentucky is this like is this like number two? Number, number two. two. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Because it's in most mixes that you're yeah, going to use. And it's good quality grass, but it's still not, uh, probably not as popular and common as, as uh, tall fescue. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So. And it doesn't last as long as tall fescue. It, it seems right. to, yeah. So, so. orchard grass, um, it's cool season, just like mm-hmm. fescue. Um, and we'll probably relate it a lot to fescue as we talk about it because it's one that a lot of people are familiar with if you're not familiar with orchard grass. Mm-hmm. Um, grows very similar, right? Doesn't it? It kind of grows in clumps like fescue, mm-hmm. um, but t- tends to have higher quality. Is that, would y'all agree with that? Higher quality yeah. forage. If, or forages. Yeah, if cut at, at the right, the right time. time. It can right. get a little or, stemmy. Mm-hmm. Right, but uh, pasture... Absolutely. 
still a good quality pasture grass too, yes. mm-hmm. but we probably use utilize it more for hay. Um, yeah. Mix as well. <laughs> like what what do we typically have in, in a mix that would involve orchard grass? Alpha, alpha. Yeah, so we'll have it in some some legume mixes and then mm-hmm. some grass mixes. Mm-hmm. Um, you orchard can buy grass, red clover, orchard grass, alfalfa. alfalfa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can also buy improved varieties that have maybe had more leaf tissue or more leaf later maturing, later maturing. We tend, what is that? The, so if we're putting it in an alfalfa mix, we tend to like that later maturing orchard mm-hmm. grass, right? Is that right? Yep. To time, yep. time better with, with alfalfa. If, um, what time of year are we generally seed in orchard grass? If September. September yeah. is the best time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. Next best time is when? Now. Right now. So usually between February and April. I mean. <clears throat> you're just basically going to lose a year on it if you see it in spring. You're not going to yeah. get much out of it that year. Yeah. Um, now, if you're thickening it up a pasture and running through yeah. there with a drill, you're probably okay. But, yeah, doing a new stand, um, you're not going to have much out of it this time. And that's why. I think that's why a lot of times we recommend that that fall seeding period, but also because you don't have to combat with weeds as bad um, mm-hmm. during that time of the year too. But it allows that root root system to get a get a get a get a better head start on the year. What yeah. kind of seeding rates do we typically recommend? Let's say what are we looking at if if we're doing a new stand of orchard grass, for example, about how much? Um, Fifteen to twenty, I think. You can, I think yeah. uh, AGR 18 will say like 15 to 25. I think 25 mm-hmm. is a little excessive. Mm-hmm. And you can go, can't you go lower if you're mixing it in with something yeah. else? That was going to be my next thing is we yeah. don't typically just plant orchard grass, Mm-mm. right? I mean, I, I guess you could, and there may do be some, some that do, but I just, I don't think that's something we see a whole lot, especially in a pasture setting. Now, maybe, hey, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe somewhat of a common thing, but. You'd almost uh, have to have a and, uh, market for that. I would think it's more more mix than it is by itself. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair yeah. to say. In a yeah. mix, five to eight. Yeah. Um, doesn't need to go very deep in the soil. Quarter uh, to a half, a half is probably. I would almost say that's a little too side. deep. Yeah, too deep. Yeah. And if you, make if sure you go you a half, see a make sure seed that's the on deepest. top of the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Air on the side of being too shallow mm-hmm. uh, is what we, we like to say a lot of times. Um, you know, if, especially if you're drilling, you might, you, you might want to see some on top of the ground from time to mm-hmm. time. What are some other important things to remember with orchard grass? I think Whitney mentioned one thing earlier about it tends to play out and it mm-hmm. may not last as long as a fescue in, in a lot mm-hmm. of situations. Um, in a hay situation, you'll typically get more regrowth than you will with fescue through the summer. Yes. Yeah. It's you not going to go dormant as bad. Does I notice, it seems like I notice this sometimes. Does orchard grass maybe wake up before fescue? You're going to notice that? Like a little. I, it seems sometimes you may get that quick growth in the spring a little, maybe a little bit before fescue mm-hmm. uh, often. I, I've noticed that this year. Of course, we've been... Grass has really woke up since our Quick. last show, uh, but it's, yeah. but I think it's it woke up and hit the snooze button. It's probably gonna, probably gonna slow back down for a little while with this cold weather. I wonder if it had to do with the it was warm, but then we had like a warm kind of a warm rain. If if that sounds we weird, but it was a yeah, very like a spring rain, tropical kind of rain. But then mm-hmm. 
followed it back up with cold and cold rain and cold precipitation. Anyway, um, uh, it can get a little, since it is kind of more not stem, I wouldn't say stemmy, but it's got a lot of, a lot of, uh, leaf, you know, it's wide leaf. It can be a little more difficult to dry down. So you do have to be careful with it, you know, as far as your harvest time is concerned. I've had some people have issues with it if they weren't careful. Comparing to uh, fescue again, I think maybe one thing that um, doesn't compare is that we can stockpile fescue pretty easy and, and have some forage mm-hmm. going through the winter. How does that, how does orchard grass handle that? Cause if I'm, if I'm right, I don't think it handles it as well. I don't think it can handle, um, grazing as well in the in the in the winter i think it may keep some quality and it's but it's not going to keep its quality and hold up as good as you go into the winter as fescue will and it'll kind of get that brown start to deteriorate quicker than fescue Mm -hmm. and if you're i think i'm right when i say this too the growing point of orchard grass is it similar to fescue is it is it lower or higher growing point of orchard grass is above the ground growing point of fescue is below the ground so right. what we find is that when we overgraze typically orchard grass is going to play out first mm-hmm. because we're eating into its reserves no pun intended we're mm-hmm. we're getting into the reserves of that plant so it's not able to re- to regrow as fast or come back as hardy as fescue can because it can handle I mean, we don't want to overgraze it either because it'll grow back faster if we don't. But right. it's that's I think that's a reason that we'll we notice a lot of times orchard grass plays out in a short period of time because we're either mm-hmm. cutting it lower or, or grazing it too low and and tends to deplete its its root reserves. What did we miss? I thought that was a pretty good first segment for grass of the week, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty good forage. Like I said, there's a lot of a lot of folks that use it around here, especially in a mix, they may even use a three-way mix. If you're, you know, just trying to sell hay for beef production and that sort of thing between this area. So we use it quite often. All right. Well, what else we got? We got a, anything else to finish up on? We've got a few minutes left in the show. Matt. Uh, and kind of some talk fluctuating around this week. I think there was a kind of a major economist that put out kind of an article and uh, seems to be getting a little bit of traction, some talk of some bills being introduced in Congress about, you know, we've talked about this Russia-Ukraine thing and the effects it's going to have on the food supply and food prices. Uh, This article was... uh, talking about releasing some crp conservation reserve program land to be farmed for a few years until we kind of work through this and get supply back where it should be uh just a lot of concerns with that if that was to happen uh you know we've talked about we've talked about supply issues input prices and input limitations i guess limited supplies what are you going to need if you pull ground out of CRP to put into crop production? 
Yeah. And there was a lot, you know, there's inputs, been a lot. And you're going to need a lot of inputs. Yeah. It's not well, just, it's, not it's like going, going and farming something that's been farmed for the last 40 years. And there's been a lot of money invested in putting those programs yeah. into place. And that just all goes down mm-hmm. the drain at that point too. So yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think it would even change anything. No, but that's kind of, I don't, we don't get into politics much on this show, but if we had a pipeline, you know what? Gas is still going to be five dollars. I mean, it's still going to be that high. Mm-hmm. It's just they're going to be able to move it faster. If yeah, these people don't, if uh, fuel companies don't ramp up production, which you know, who's to say if they should or shouldn't? Supply and demand. They hadn't made much money in the last couple of years. They're probably catching up now. But, I bet they've done okay. Yeah, but old barrels they're were not negative without. Old barrels went negative in 2020, right? But not for very long. No, but still, what if? Your corn went negative. Well, maybe I, mean, I didn't sell any when it no, was negative, and they may not have either. <laughs> to be fair, they may not have it because I mean, wasn't even uh-huh. moving. But that's true. <clears throat> We're dipping so, into them now. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I just that's I saw somebody post earlier is some of this five dollar and twenty something cent diesel fuel. Is it new diesel fuel that just showed up today, or is it the same diesel fuel that was $3 and something two weeks ago? That's why I think all that stuff doesn't matter, because just the yeah. stuff moves on news and yep. and reactions, and, and it's... Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Yeah. It's got to get better. Oh, I just hope we don't run out of bread. I think my kids will starve if they can't eat a sandwich. <laughs> We live on sandwiches in the summer. Oh, I don't know. Like we, I used to make can, fun of everybody when these snowstorms would go, and they were like, "Why are you buying bread and milk for?" But then when I'm like, "What are my go. kids going to eat if I don't have bread?" Because <laughs> we'll have a real problem. Wraps, like we do the tortilla wraps now, and we'll mm-hmm. wrap stuff in there and they'll eat it. But they they got they got to have their peanut butter jelly or ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. You can use bread for toilet paper, but you can't use toilet paper for bread. That's true. true. There's Wise words of the week. What bread do you use for that, Matt? <laughs> Sounds like you've done it before. Is it wheat, white, <laughs> rye? <laughs> that wheat multigrain. I hope it's not multigrain. <laughs> multigrain may be tough on you. Um, get that soft white wheat or soft white bread. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes that white bread will rip. True. <laughs> oh, I think it's come time to uh, wrap it up. <laughs> that note. We got, we even had some stuff we didn't get to today. We may have to save this for next week because we got a list of weeds. Um, we talked about weeds a few months, maybe. Well, back back in the fall, I think we talked about some weed surveys that were going around. We got some results from that, so we'll have to save. We'll have to do that next week. And we didn't talk about Daniel's new dog. Nope, we'll have to introduce him next week. Yep. Keep you all in suspense. Yep. All right. Well, I think. Um, all right. Well, I think that about wraps us up this week. Uh, we'll just say if uh, uh, if you got it in your calendars or if you're looking next Saturday, um, we'll have Extension Expo at Larue County High School. So come on out, support the cattlemen and, and see what programs we've got going in the community for you to see because we ain't been there for a few years. And uh that's all I got. I don't. Oh, I got one more thing. What you we got? forgot? We had one listener text us saying they had made it through 
all 100 episodes. He did. Yeah, I know who that that listener was. I do too. Also, so don't you have breeding? Your, pri- your prize is in the in the mail. And don't isn't there a breeding um, soundness evaluation? Yes. yes. On BSE Tuesday? Clinic next Tuesday, March fifteenth. Uh, at the for... Hardin County Extension Office, Hardin County Livestock Events Center. Uh, yes, $50 a bull, or if you're a Hardin County Cattlemen's Association member, $25 a bull. All right. Well, if that's all we got, I think we'll see y'all next week. See y'all. Yeah.